podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So 43 to our discussion the most popular listen to podcast i have so far so check that out that's a very very excellent in-depth discussion of what i discussed last week but last week i looked more into the data behind it which helps give people um bigger understanding and help myth bust with a lot of the things we hear about tougher sentencing and it's kids who are doing this all that type of stuff i discussed the causes and i broke them down into four segments and i discussed the potential solution so check that out anyway the most recent scandal they hit the world or our our society was a lot less glamorous. I'm not sure how many of you paid attention to it, but it's a Facebook data scandal. Firstly, for those who don't know, data is very, 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 very big now. They describe data as the new oil. Why is data so important? Advertising. We live in a very, very much of a capitalist society, as many, many of us know. We are literally out here selling everything from TV rights to sports to influence to so people out here buying social media followers, like <laughs> just so they can advertise at a high level. So data is a new oil. Now, why is Facebook on the agenda? Well, Facebook CEO, 33 year old billionaire Mark Zuckerberg he um, voluntarily went to stand in front of Congress for two days and they hit him with some pelters due to the Cambridge Analytica scandal. So what is a Cambridge Analytica scandal? Well, many of us have heard of University of Cambridge, so I was linked to that. Um, Cambridge Analytica is a company that claimed that none of the data that they collated was used to help the Trump campaign. However, the company has self-proclaimed itself. They played an integral part in Trump's victory in 2016. A young water, water drink there. This all kind of um, centers from an academic, Alexander Kogan, who had developed this personality quiz app. This quiz app collected data not only from those who used it, but they're Facebook friends. Okay, let me explain how this works. So in 2014, there's a Facebook quiz. And in this Facebook quiz, it's like a personality test. And it invites you to find out what your personality type is. I'm sure many of us listening to this have used one of those quizzes at least once in our lifetime. Then the app collects, collects the data, but it also records the, the public data of your Facebook friends. So you fill out these questions, and the app will collect the data from you. So not only your public data, so like what you put in your Facebook profile, that's public. 
also the data that you've inputted in the test, but all your Facebook friends' public data will also be collated as well. So if you have a fa- if you have 1,000 Facebook friends and you enter this quiz, 1,000 people's data are being collected by Cambridge Analytica via you simply um, f- um, filling out this quiz. 305,000 people installed the app. Guess how many total Facebook users' data was um, cleared from 305,000? 87 million people. This data was sold to Cambridge Analytica, which he used to psychologically profile voters in the USA. Obviously, Cambridge Analytica denies it broke any laws. Um, their CEO, um, he was suspended promptly. In fact, recently, the standing CEO, he's also stepped down. So it's all peak for them, man. So the reason why this is peak, because Facebook actually does not permit selling the data that you collect. It was good because Mark um, Zuckerberg made it very clear in the congressional hearing, which I'll get onto a bit later, that this is against the terms of service. Cambridge Analytica themselves claim that they never knew these the information that was gained unlawfully was used was obtained improperly. I'm not sure how much I believe that. They learned of the problem in 2015, and obviously they deleted all the data. Do you know what was included in some of the data they collected? About 1,500 private messages. Imagine. Some computer geek somewhere is praying how you're sliding into DMs on Facebook. It's actually crazy. All because some people want to fill out our personality app. It's crazy how much we don't understand the amount of data that are being collated by these companies. So the second part, I'm going to talk about the interrogation of Mark Zuckerberg. It was basically an interrogation. So Mark Zuckerberg, he went, so this is in America, so this is in Washington. For two days, he's basically being rushed in the most part, by um, senators and congressmen and women. And some of them were like really nice, like were basically bumblicking. Some of them were asking some weird ass questions or some of them were asking some quite poignant questions. One of the most telling parts, because I, I actually watched these, I actually watched these live on, um, you can see that they were streamed live on YouTube. And I quite enjoy this. I love seeing um, <laughs> some of these people get facilitated by um, congressmen and women and senators. I remember when Senator Elizabeth Warren, she was giving it to um, Wells Fargo's um, CEO because they were involved in some wrongdoing and it was nine minutes of just sellotaping. Like, his head was hot. Anyway, so one of the most telling parts I thought was when Senator Durbin asked him if he would like to share with the committee and everybody in the room that what was the name of the hotel man was staying in Washington? If you see Mark Zuckerberg's face, yeah... Do you know that crab meme from Spongebob? That's what man was like. He was like, rah. <laughs> After like a long pause, he was like, mm, no. He was rattled, cuz. But this was a very, very great point was made that he was not willing to share that data. But with Facebook and all that type of stuff like that, people are just sharing their data willy-nilly that they don't even know that they're sharing. He's more cautious about his privacy than the average Facebook user, which is quite intriguing as he's the one who created Facebook. <laughs> also, Congressman Lejean asks, see the data that was collected about people that have never ever signed up to Facebook? Well, gone for that. 
he was tweaking. Tweaking, 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 tweaking. Because this is a very, very delicate part. Um, you find out, I found out from that Congress, congressional hearing that medical data from people who have never even signed up for Facebook is being collected by Facebook. Which I'll go on to a bit further. So what so some of the things that were mentioned by Mark Zuckerberg during this hearing is that Facebook are actually in an arms race of Russia. For those who are watching the homeland, this is so, so fitting. This is actually quite amazing, like how realistic homeland is. One of my favorite TV shows, so check that out. I'm only getting paid for that, but <laughs> really check that out. It's a fantastic TV, nine out of 10. Facebook are in an arms race of Russia. The Russian operatives are thirsty to exploit their social network. Because if you exploit Facebook's social network, you can essentially manipulate how people think with fake news and stuff like that, which went on in the homeland. Think about it. Facebook has 1 billion users. It's the biggest social media um, platform. Three, so far, three Russian companies and 12 Russians have been charged with interference in the 2016 election, which Trump won. Like I think it was in February this year. So this is not like fairy tales like this is a this is a big issue they described the russian um the russian um arms race as russia having like a troll farm armed to sow the discord of the u.s political system which is very which is interesting because now the warfare went from more obviously in the trenches and now it's going a bit more digital Mark Zuckerberg said he'll, be, he'll welcome regulation long since the right regulation. Currently, Facebook self-regulates, which essentially is a bit nuts because a company with of that size, 40 billion um, US dollars in terms of revenue last year, 1 billion users that has such impact and such access to data is completely unregulated, is a bit, is a bit, is a, is a bit much for me and, and for many people, especially Congress, because they, they, they were not happy. He admitted that Facebook didn't do enough to stop these tools from causing, causing harm. So these are apps that are installed using Facebook that could collect your data and do whatever with it. And the congressmen and women and senators, they weren't, they weren't having it. They were like, you lot have been saying sorry for years. Like how many more sorries do we have to hear? Like we're gonna have to seriously think about this because you men aren't on job. Like you men are not doing a thing. Cambridge Analytica delete the data without further examination. So we don't even know how heinous these breaches were. This is a big L for Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg also said he doesn't feel Facebook have a monopoly. These times in 2017, Facebook chopped 40 billion for the account in terms of um, advertising revenue. 40 billion in revenue. Do you know how insane that is? He was all talking about a possibility of there being a version of Facebook that's ad-free, so your data doesn't get breached like this and all that type of stuff. And obviously you have to pay for that. Obviously the, the US politicians were not happy with, with, that, um, with that revelation. They're also discussing like the hate speech and how it has a higher, higher error rate than Mark Zuckerberg was happy with. And he was talking about, and then one um, congressman was talking about, I think it was a Republican, about how more conservative messages and advertising campaigns on Facebook get taken down. And there's actually nothing really wrong with them. And it's also like kind of highlights the wider problem with like, in like the tech industry, they're 
quite liberal dom- dominated. So for those not know, that's more left wing, more likely to be a democratic voters. And if they're dominating the social media platform, they essentially can dominate how the message and politics is now being distributed across across the world and, US, and the United States in this instance. And for example, if you look at Twitter, for example, they're another example of how like liberals are kind of dominating how um, Twitter is being policed. Like you're more likely to see um, more right-wing commentators that kind of get on the bad side of people, get their accounts permanently suspended than the, the equivalent left-wing ones, which is quite unfair. And Mark Zuckerberg himself said he wasn't, he was concerned about the political bias within the company. Facebook see themselves as a social media platform. They don't see themselves as anything else. So they're not trying to exert political influence. And if they were doing that, they might get regulated otherwise, because as I said, 1 billion users, they're not on social um, social media um, platform, which is how many people keep up to date with news and just get involved with the date of their day-to-day lives. They'll be regulated completely differently. Back to Dr. Kogan, whose work at Cambridge did raise concerns over his personality app. Everybody's blaming him. <laughs> Everybody's blaming him. And even as recent this week, the UK government said that, listen, Facebook, unless you look reform appropriately, we will bring tough regulations. And Facebook, as I said, has been self-regulating. So this is quite interesting for me because Mark Zuckerberg himself is admitting the faults. And I think he earned some points by coming there um, voluntarily. And you can see it's quite interesting because obviously he's a tech billionaire, very intelligent man, but he's not somebody who's like geared to be speaking, a public speaker, and he was getting rushed. All he was doing was saying sorry. He was very polite, but he was getting rushed, which was quite entertaining for me, But because um, I'm a bit evil like that. But it was, um, it was good for him to come there and he was like being very... He was behaving like a captain, like a leader, taking all the blame and stuff like that. Obviously, it's not his fault. Like, he's just... He's head of the ship, but he can't oversee every aspect of what Facebook does. But that's the thing with us being a CEO. When things are good, you take all the plaudits. When things are bad, you take all the L's. So the wider issue of this, and as I wrap up this very quick podcast, the wider issue is that data is the new oil. Like we do not actually understand how badly our data has been exploited. We don't... You know, people say stuff like Big Brother State and all that type of stuff. We're being monitored and watched, and it's our fault because we're not reading up the terms and agreements. Let me give you an example of how Facebook are chopping everyone's data. If you've ever been on a website that has the ability to share links via Facebook or like on Facebook, Facebook is collating that data. So you can never, ever, ever, ever sign up for Facebook. And Facebook still has your data. For those who listen to my Cash Society podcast, I told you about how um, I told you about Apple um, Pay and Google Pay, Android Pay, sorry. Apple Pay is where you could use your card electronically, essentially. So I use Apple Pay all the time. I use it as Oyster. If I'm not doing a travel card, I use it to pay for stuff. I remember one time I went out with one of my friends and I forgot my wallet. <laughs> but obviously I had Apple Pay so I, could, so I could pay. But I can't lie, Apple Pay has been trying to embarrass me recently voiding off transactions when I actually have money and it's quite embarrassing. I need to stop. <laughs> I might have to, might have to um, put that down. But back to the point, how Apple Pay, how Apple benefit from Apple Pay is that they take like a very, very small percentage from every transaction. But when you think about it, if there's millions upon millions of transactions for all types of numerical values, they are making nice money from that. 
Android Pay actually don't take anything out of the transaction. Because you know, oh, by the way, like when, v, when you pay for stuff like with your card, like Visa and MasterCard, they take a percentage of how much you spend. So I think for like MasterCard in the US, it's like something like 3% or something like that. So if you spend a thousand pounds, you get free, they chop 3% of it from the merchant, which is how they make the money. Well, anyway, back to the point. Android don't chop a single percentage. But should I tell you what they do? They keep the data. And what better data for advertisers to find out what consumers may want to buy or what consumers like to look at and stuff like that than what they actually pay for. So think about it. And on your phone, you're likely to pay for all types of stuff because phones are like our mini laptops. We take them everywhere. They're always with us. We always use them. So if you're on Android Pay, you're paying for everything. So you're doing your transportation pay, you're doing your food shop, you're paying for for clothes, all that type of stuff, you're paying for drinks. Um, and Google now knows what you pay for, how often you pay for it, what time you pay for it, and how much of it you pay. That is perfect data for advertising. And that's why they keep it. And advertising is so, so important. That's why data is a goldmine for advertisers. As I said, Facebook chopped 40 billion from advertising. And this is the issue because our privacy has been manipulated and exploited for the sake of money, really. And I'm not sure about you. Can we really trust companies with our data? No. Can you really trust governments with our data? No. So this is quite a interesting um, pickle that our society's got into. So it'd be something for us to monitor because what are they going to start doing with our data? And some people take the approach of, if you're not doing anything, doesn't matter. Okay. If you're not, if you're not doing anything wrong, doesn't matter, I've been watched. Okay. Would you like your next door neighbor having a camera in your house? If you're not doing anything wrong, if you're not there smoking crack or, or abusing children or punching up your wife, then surely there's no problem, right? There's a reason why we don't disclose everything that we do to our friends or family. There's a reason why people have blinds in front of their house. There's a reason why there's no uh, there's no um, cameras in toilets and showers. Privacy. And I feel like privacy has been taken for granted and we don't even pay attention. So we need to really start looking at the terms and conditions we sign up for stuff. And I really, really would like people to think twice before they um, install these apps on their Twitter and social media. And I've been doing that on t- up until the scandal. I've never really paid attention to it. Because stuff like, oh, what politi- how politically aligned test are you? All that type of stuff like that. And it asks you to install the app using your Twitter. And that's obviously taking data from your Twitter account. So please, please be aware of this. And data as a new oil is a subject that I will go into in more detail. I'm just trying to find out, trying to think of the right guest. But yeah, that is it for this week's podcast. A very short one, not as glamorous as I understand but at the same way, very, very, very significant. Please, if you're listening to this for the first time, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just type my name, listen on me, and click subscribe. If you listen on SoundCloud, please follow. So it comes straight to you. You don't have to go searching for it. My podcast come out at 10.30pm every Sunday. So, you know, it's, it will just be there in your feed for both Apple Podcasts as well as SoundCloud. Um, if you listen on SoundCloud, please rate, not rate, 
five stars, I think it's five stars, four, three, two, one, but preferably five, it helps me climb up the rankings and that. And most, most importantly, share my podcast with friends if you're listening. Share with your friends or colleagues or whatnot. But yeah, thank you. You can catch me on Twitter at D1Cinomics. You can catch me on Instagram, Dysonomics. Emails, hello at Dysonomics. And thank you for listening. Next week. Podcast Network.